Welcome to In Clear Terms with AARP California. Conversations on issues impacting Californians of all ages. Here's your host, Theon Gordon. Welcome to the first episode of In Clear Terms with AARP California. Join us as we dive into issues and policies that impact Californians of all ages and learn how you can connect with AARP to make our state more livable for all. I'm your host, Dr. Theon Gordon, strategist, story accelerator, and organizational development expert. My passion is in creating individual and business success through storytelling. Join us as we dive into issues and policies that impact Californians of all ages, particularly older adults, and learn how you can connect with AARP to make our state more livable for all. On today's show, we tell the story that started it all, discuss some common AARP misconceptions, and inform you about the issues that AARP California is focusing on right now. Joining me to discuss this is AARP California State Director, Nancy McPherson. Nancy started her career as the state director of AARP Louisiana in 2007, where she led the award-winning Livable Communities Partnership Project in Holly Grove, a neighborhood underwater after Hurricane Katrina and with the highest homicide rate in New Orleans and the nation. The partnership received an award from the MetLife Foundation, for achieving a 67% reduction in violent crime, implementing strategies to reduce health and transportation issues, and rebuilding the senior center. As the nation's largest nonprofit, AARP represents far more than a membership card. On the show today, we discuss how AARP is empowering the communities of its 3.3 million members across the golden state of California and beyond. Welcome, Nancy, to our first podcast. Thank you for being here for our launch. How are you? You know, I'm good. Thanks for asking. Wonderful. You know, let's just dive right in. And I want to ask you, first and foremost, I've been having such a fantastic year here with AARP. And I want to ask you, why do you enjoy working at AARP? Oh, great question to start this podcast with. You know, I don't just enjoy working at AARP. I love working at AARP. And that is because every day we get to work on policies and programs and systems, things that really make a difference in people's lives. And it makes coming to work every day, really meaningful. And I would say that's true for our entire team. People share the same kind of story with me. I tell you that that's exactly how I feel when I speak with the different people that work with AARP. Tell me, how did AARP come to be? Well, thank you for asking that question. Uh, Dr. Ethel Percy Andrus is our founder, a very inspirational woman. In fact, we have t-shirts that say AARP was founded by an inspirational woman. And she was a teacher and a high school principal 
in the Los Angeles area, first female principal of an urban high school in California. And in the mid-1940s, she was actually serving on a committee that was addressing the welfare of former teachers. And she got a phone call from someone who told her about a woman who was living behind a home and that uh, this was a shopkeeper. He was concerned about this woman not having health care and food and the things that she needed. So Dr. Andrus went to check this out. And she found this retired Spanish teacher living in a chicken coop behind a home with no health care, no retirement savings. And she was both shocked and inspired by this discovery that she founded the National Retired Teachers Association. And 10 years later, the National Retired Teachers Association had achieved some national acclaim for really addressing the needs of former and retired teachers. And Dr. Andrus founded the American Association of Retired Persons. I want to use that term loosely because that's no longer our name today, even though people still use it. We're just AARP. Things change over time, but to think that just the story that it was a, a teacher that was one of the first in Los Angeles in an urban area, female, and thinking about how that inspired her when she saw someone in need. A lot of times we find programs when they are in need. Now, you mentioned you wanted to use a t association of retired professionals a little loosely because that's no longer the name. Tell us a little bit about that name change. Why is that no longer the name? Well, it was the American Association of Retired Persons. But years later, the name was officially and legally changed to AARP because at that time, over 37% of the members of AARP no longer worked. So we were not just an association of people who were retired, but we were founded on the premise that nobody should ever have to live in a chicken coop. And that story inspires us for the amazing work that we get to do today. Well, thank you for sharing that story. And speaking of the amazing work that AARP does, tell us a little bit about what does AARP do? Well, we work at both the local, state, and federal level. So which one would you like to know about first? Let's look at the larger picture first and look at the national level. Overall, AARP, what is it? Great. So AARP is an association or an enterprise, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization of almost 38 million members. And we are nationwide. We're in all 50 states. We're in Washington at the Capitol. We're in the District of Columbia with a state office in Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. And we work on behalf of our 38 members to help people be able to make choices about how to live their best lives. And we do that through advocacy, through providing education and outreach so that our members are informed about the issues they care about. Well, I'll tell you, with a 38 million plus uh, group of people, that is definitely an army. And when you speak about that, so that was at our larger national level. This podcast focuses a little more on AARP California. So share a little bit about 
what the state of California, what the AARP California does. In California, we have about 3.3 million members, still quite an army of people. We have our own little army. Yay. (laughs) Yes, we do. To express their voice and opinions about things that matter to them. So let me start at the state level. At the state level, we work on really important issues around caregiving, around transportation, around affordable and accessible housing, any number of issues that our members care about and things that help them live more successful lives. And we do that by having a team. And most people who are AARP members in California don't know this, but you have a team of over 30 staff, nearly 5,000 volunteers, and then our members' voices who are working on your behalf in this state to um, reach our elected representatives, both in the Assembly and the State Senate, as well as the governor's office to say, hey, we care about these issues. We care about housing that's affordable in a place like California where housing prices are just skyrocketing. We care about transportation because I may not always want to drive or I may not be able to drive. So what are things that are available to me that allow me to have increased mobility? So at the state level, we have a really important presence in the capital. Well, it sounds like a very robust program that's that's being offered through AARP. And at the state level, you mentioned housing, you mentioned transportation. What specifically does AARP advocate for on a state level? Our highest priority issues right now is caregiving. And we think about caregiving being for older people, but it's not. You know, there are people of all ages who need caregiving supports and services. And the number of people, about 40 million people nationwide provide unpaid caregiving services every year. In California, and actually this is true across the nation, but one in four caregivers are actually millennials. And those are folks who are ages 25 to 40 who are providing caregiving services. So what we do, we're not just doing for older people. We're doing, as our founder said, what we do, we do for all. And that is really true when it comes to caregiving. With housing that's affordable and accessible, imagine if you break your leg and you're living in a house with eight steps up to the front door. You know, how are you going to maneuver that? How are you going to maneuver inside your house if you have a disability? And how are you going to be able to stay in your home throughout your lifetime? Those are things that we care about. Oh, these are important, really important issues and questions to think about and something that we don't always think about. I I love that you mentioned that AARP also is serving pretty much a community. That's just just amazing. Speak a little bit more about that. There there are a lot of misconceptions about what AARP does and how getting support from AARP or from other places is really important. Speak a little more about what are some of the misconceptions that people have about AARP. I know when I first joined I was shocked to get a, a letter to to join earlier in the 50s 
versus thinking it was going to be when I was 65, which is the normal retirement age. What are some of the other misconceptions you've heard? Well, the biggest one really is that we're an insurance company. And as I just mentioned earlier, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization with a membership, we don't support candidates. We are very political in that we do take positions on issues and we work very hard to advance those. But it's important to note that while we don't sell products and services. We do have a a division that does that, but it's not part of who we are as AARP. In fact, our IRS designation is a 501c4. And if you care about something like that, that means that we can advocate and lobby for you in um, the state and also at the federal level. So we have a strong voice on the issues that people care most about. And the other misconception, I think, is that we only serve older adults. You said 65, you know, was when you thought we'd be knocking on your door. But our membership uh, are people who are 50 plus. And we actually have members who are younger than that, who are associate members, because we do work on things like pedestrian safety and increased access for bicyclists with um, working on safe streets and complete streets. And people of all ages care about that thing. So mom pushing a baby stroller cares as much about a safe street as an older person who's walking slowly to get through a crosswalk. So we work for people of all ages. And what we say officially is we work on behalf of people who are 50 plus and their families. We're not an insurance company and we work for a better life for everyone. I love that. I love that. When we think about safe streets, the transportation, many of the issues that you just brought up, how does AARP choose what to advocate for? Well, if you could see our policy book, and if you're old enough to know what a Sears Roebuck catalog is, a big, fat catalog full of things. Oh, gosh, I remember that. (laughs) Well, that's what our policy book used to look like when it wasn't digital. But our National Board of Directors works every year to establish an agenda for the organization. And they do this through research, through surveying our members, uh, working with our Public Policy Institute and another office that helps develop policy. And once policy is established at the national level, and I won't go through all the issues, but once, uh, or all the steps, once policy is established at the national level, then that rolls down to the states. And in the states, we get to customize the work that we do based on the opportunities and also based on the barriers in an individual state. Because as you can imagine, if we're working in all 50 states and territories, we're different politically, uh, we're different demographically, we're different in every way. And so the opportunities we have in California to make progress on issues may not be the same as progress in another more conservative state than ours. So it's great that we have the national board setting the direction for the organization, but that we have the ability in the state to shape an agenda 
that uses the resources and the research and the policies that AARP has developed to guide our work and actually to credential our work. And then we get to do things that matter to the 3.3 million AARP members and other older adults and their families in California. That's beautiful because it's specific for our state. Now, as we look at the state of California, just like the country is diverse and we have some conservatives, some uh, more liberal, how do you look at that in terms of local work for AARP? How, how does it pan out? We looked at national, now we looked at state. What does it look like in terms of a local community or different cities? Our work at the local level is, I would say it's fairly new, like over 10 years old. We have always had a powerful presence at the federal level and at the state level. But in the last 10 to 15 years, we've been doing increasingly more work at the local level. And why is that? Well, it's because where do you care most about the issues that matter to you? Do you care most at the state level? Do you care most at the federal level? No, people care most right in their own neighborhoods and communities. And one of the programs that we have is called the Network of Age-Friendly States and Communities. And this is an opportunity for local jurisdictions to join AARP's network to commit the top elected leader in the local community commits to a five-year process of both planning on how to be a more age-friendly community so people can age successfully in their own neighborhoods and communities, to engage older adults in that process, to develop an action plan, and then to put it into, to operationalize it. And in California, this is so exciting. We have 61 local jurisdictions representing over 22 million of the state's overall residents who are part of communities that have committed to this process. And this last year, Governor Newsom, through legislation and his own decisions, created a process called the Master Plan for Aging. And part of that was that the state would join AARP's network of age-friendly states and communities. So California is the eighth state with the governor's support to become a member of the network. And the work, we don't have time for it in this podcast, but the work that's going on is phenomenal and comprehensive, addressing all of the issues that that I alluded to earlier, housing, transportation, parks and open spaces, digital inclusion, social isolation. These are amazing opportunities for the state to really take a leadership role in this. Oh, excellent. And you said California was the eighth state to join the age-friendly program? Yes, the the age-friendly network. All right, California, we are doing it. Yes, we're a part of a movement that started, and I'm excited about that. I can only imagine as a volunteer that there are other opportunities. I personally am working with the Executive Council in volunteerism and on this podcast, but I can imagine that there's other opportunities for volunteers. Can you share a little bit about what it means to volunteer with AARP? Our volunteers are 
the face and voice of all the work that we do. So where can you volunteer? Do you like working on events and activities? Things that are fun, but fun with a purpose, a purpose to engage people, to provide them opportunities not to be socially isolated, to enjoy good music, to live a more fulfilling life. We have lots of opportunities for people to do that and teams actually for folks to do events. Do you like educating others? We have education teams so that people who want to help people understand how to have a more healthy brain or how to get ready to care for a loved one can learn from volunteers who are doing training on those issues. And our advocacy volunteers are absolutely amazing. You can do that right from your own home. Do you want to get to know the congressperson in your own district and be a channel to move information from ARP to that member of Congress to let them know what the issues are that people care about? We have a group of policy advisors who are amazing professionals, attorneys, accountants, others who help us uh, review the laws that are proposed in the state capitol each year, over 2,000 laws last year. So you name it, what's your interest in working for an organization like AARP with volunteer service? And we can find a place for you. And you mentioned the executive council. The executive council is our team of advisors in the state who are executive council members are all volunteers. And they uh, are involved in the work that we do, just like this education podcast, but lots of opportunities for people to lead, to be part of a team, to work on special projects. Oh, thank you for sharing what our volunteers can do. And the team that's here in California, I can attest that this team is a fabulous team, supportive of the volunteers and helping us to feel so involved. As I did mention the executive council, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the structure of AARP. You mentioned that where advocacy work plays a part and we are politically involved, though not supporting necessarily candidates and things like that. Can you break down the structure a little bit of what does it mean to to be a part of this AARP community? I think there's a couple of different arms, the nonprofit arm, the there is an insurance arm. Can you break that down a little bit so people can understand a little better how AARP unfolds? Yes, you bet. If you imagine a puzzle piece with several puzzle pieces, I'm going to we have actually five puzzle pieces, but I'm going to focus on three of them. So one of them is ARP, the membership organization, which is the one that we've been talking about and the one that we represent, that represents our members' interests at the local, state, and federal level. Then we have a foundation, and this is our nonprofit arm, and the foundation works on behalf of people who are more vulnerable to make sure that we're addressing things like hunger and housing and homelessness and financial security for everyone, not just for a few. And then the products and services organization is not an insurance company, but it represents a variety of products and services 
that have been carefully vetted for people who are 50 and older. And that is a separate, a completely separate arm as the foundation is. We each have a unique mission. We each have a unique board of directors. We each have a unique focus and we do our work differently, but we're all part of a larger AARP family. Great. Thank you for explaining that, Nancy. There have been so many insights that you've shared with us today. And thank you so much for officially helping us to kick off our AARP California podcast. Is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know before we close out today? You know, I would. Thank you for asking me that because I do want our listeners to know that they have this amazing team of people working on their behalf. And we want this podcast to be a place where you can really learn more about the issues that we're working on. People come to us initially, maybe for the discounts, but many people stay when they find out about the advocacy. And we want people to be informed on issues that they care about. And we're hoping that this podcast will be an interesting, informative place to be able to do that. Thank you, Nancy. Well, we do love the discounts, but the advocacy and the information is so important, especially as we age in these different communities. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. And we look forward to learning more about AARP California and the work that's being done. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy, for joining us today as we kicked off our first podcast. To learn more about AARP California's work, visit aarp.org forward slash CA. That's aarp.org forward slash CA. And if you'd like to get involved or volunteer with AARP California, you can email caaarp at aarp.org. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you again soon.